Welcome to Liberated the Podcast, embodied education for the ones who came to change it all. I'm your host, Leslie Medley, embodiment coach, breathwork facilitator, worldwide speaker and teacher, the creator of She Wanders, all around human AF, and new mama. This podcast exists for you to have tangible tools, implementable wisdom, and integration techniques to get you into action around your healing and awakening journey. It's one thing to know what to do, and it's a whole nother to do it, live it, be it, become it. This podcast is for the free spirits, the ones who are crazy enough to do it differently than it's ever been done before who know that they are here to break generational curses and live a liberated life. This one's for you. This one's for me. This one's for us. It's time to liberate. Hello, 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 community. Leslie Medley in the room. I am so excited to be here in the first few moments of 2024. I am bringing you a series called Mindful Mondays. Every single week in January, I will be sharing different ways that you can bring mindfulness into your life as a full-hearted, full-hands, busy mama. I so often get this question of how I can bring more mindfulness into my life as someone that doesn't have a lot of time. I purposely don't like using the word busy. In fact, for me personally, I've deleted it from my vocabulary and we're actually going to talk about that. We'll have an episode where we talk about mindful language. So that is coming. And today we're going to be diving into awareness. I get this question so much of how can I bring more mindfulness into my life as a busy mama, as someone who works full time, as someone that's just really, really busy and has a full life. And let's be real, if you are living in 2024 in our society, you most likely have your plate too full. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Today's episode is going to be all about awareness. When I think of mindfulness, immediately the next thought is awareness. So I'm going to dive into different ways that you can bring more awareness into your life, ultimately more mindfulness and intention into your life. So let's dive in. First and foremost, I think it's important that we define the word awareness. What is awareness really? And per the Google definition, I have it pulled up right here, it by definition means knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. And I really want to highlight fact. By bringing in more awareness, which ultimately is mindfulness, by bringing in more awareness to our lives, we are able to face and be with reality to then make a choice how we want to co-create going forward. So right now, especially right now with the new year, a lot of people are facing their attention towards 2024, what it is they want to create, any goals that they want to set, intentions that they want to begin to embody. 
But so often our goals even are coming from past and previous versions of ourself. They are coming from previous belief systems that oftentimes times aren't the most expanded, the most liberated versions of ourself. It's coming from our past conditioning. It's coming from our past perception of what we believe actually could be possible for our lives. Even when we feel that we're dreaming big, oftentimes we're still perceiving through a very limited lens, which is why I want to talk about awareness. Now, again, the definition was knowledge or perception of a situation or a fact. Bringing in awareness, and I'm going to talk about actual tangible ways that you can do this, is so crucial when we're in the human experience. Why? As human beings, we have a very sensual and somatic experience of life. We see these graphics and these quotes on Instagram about not allowing fear to stop us and go and chase our big dreams. But when you're about to press publish on a post that's very vulnerable, or you're about to take the first step towards your big dream or your big goal, and you get those sensations of like you want to vomit in your stomach, your palms start sweating, your mind starts racing, that seems very real. You can't deny your palms literally sweating, your heart beating, wanting to poop your pants and throw up at the exact same time. Like you can't deny that. It's real. And by zooming out and taking a higher perspective, by being able to observe what's actually happening, not as the person that's in it experiencing it, but imagine that you are removing yourself from your body and you are literally watching yourself. You're literally watching the sensations, the turning in your gut, the beating in your heart, the overactive thinking, and you detach, you uncross the wires, you unattach yourself from that being who you are, that being your actual identity. This is so crucial that we're able to do this. This is foundational when it comes to mindfulness. So that when you're wanting to take these big steps and these leaps towards your big goals and your dream and your vision and the natural human experience arises, you don't fall victim to the overactive mind telling you that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough, that you're not put together enough, that you're going to embarrass yourself. What is Aunt Jenny going to think? What, am, what, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? You're able to unattach yourself from that identity, take a higher perspective, and simply observe the sensations for what they are. They're sensations. And any meaning that you give to them is up to you. I tell my clients all the time, if you were to actually simply observe the sensations of nervousness and excited, you'd most likely find they are almost exactly the same. At least for me, my palms get a little sweaty. I feel like this like butterfly nervousness 
excitement in my gut, my heart's kind of racing, I'm feeling like a little anxious. And it's only in our language, ultimately in our belief system, that we decide that this means nervous and this means excited and nervous is bad and excited is good. But if we actually simply observe the sensation, it's my palms are sweating, there's nervousness in my gut, my mind's racing, but that is not me. These sensations, at the same time, these sensations are also messengers. They're bringing a message to you. There's definitely value in them. Our nervous system is so intelligently designed to keep us regulated, to notify us, and to let us know when there's a potential threat. That's ultimately what fear is. It's false evidence appearing very freaking real. Like I just said, you can't deny these sensations. They're not meant to stop us, rather alert us. When you're doing something you've never done before and you're experiencing nervousness or fear or doubt, I hope you experience fear. I hope you experience doubt. If you didn't, you wouldn't be human, especially if you're doing something you've never done before. This is your system notifying you, red alarming you, alerting you like, yo, okay, pay attention. Be on high alert. Keep your eyes open. Keep your heart open. Pay attention. You've never done this before. I'm here. My eyes are going to dilate. My heart is going to race. Extra blood is going to flow through my body in case you need me, in case we need to run the hell out of here. But your awareness, your highest self, your mindfulness will say, I have a choice here. Y'all, this is like foundational, but literally life-changing. I have a choice here. I get to decide if I fall victim to the sensations, if I begin to believe the doubt, identify with the fear, or if I'm going to choose how I want to move, how I want to breathe, how I want to relate, how I want to interact, how I want to move forward. This goes down to even if you're getting into a 10, I call it a tension moment with your partner. And of course, your body starts lighting up. You experience sensation. We call it frustration, we call it anger, we call it resentment, we call it rage. But ultimately, if we remove the words for a moment, bring in awareness and actually look at, again, knowledge or perception of the the actual situation, the fact I'm experiencing some tension right now in my body, in my relationship. Interesting. Okay, let me observe this. It's that moment right there when the flood of frustration enters your body and you don't even think about it and you react. I call this unconscious reacting. We don't even have to think about it. We go to what we always have known, which is either to yell, raise our voice, shut down, want to leave, name call, whatever it is for you. You don't even have to think about it. You go there. 
this is the moment that will actually change your life. And if you can slow down enough, and we're going to talk about this part in just a moment, if you can slow down long enough, of course, take a deep breath. It's so cliche. Bring awareness to the situation. Run with awareness, not the story. You have a story that's on repeat based on your past experiences, your past pains, your past traumas, your belief systems that have been formed that you will literally create and live out if you don't bring more awareness to your life. So by slowing down, presencing, being with your body, being with the sensation, zooming out, like I said, taking that higher perspective, observing yourself as an outsider, looking in, you're able to notice, okay, all right, I'm really angry right now. I'm experiencing discomfort in my body. I'm experiencing a lot of sensation. And then instead of unconsciously reacting, we consciously respond. It's not about being perfect. And it's definitely not about not being in the emotion. The emotion is there to teach you something. The emotion is there to tell you something. You are receiving so much information, so much valuable feedback. And as a conscious woman, as a woman in her power, as a mindful mother, it is your responsibility to not fall victim to the story that you've been telling yourself potentially your whole life, to not give in to the dopamine hit, to not give in to how freaking good it feels to your ego to be right, to yell, to make the other person wrong, but to pause, slow down, take a higher perspective and observe the sensations that are arising for what they are, and move from an unconscious reaction to a conscious response. This is mindfulness. This is awareness. When people talk about mindfulness, we envision like someone sitting in meditation with Gayan Mudra, you know, in this perfect Buddha pose, meditation pose. And that is absolutely a pathway to mindfulness. Some of you actually don't know this. Some of my new followers and new incredible souls in my community that I actually studied at the base of the Himalayas in India where yoga originates for months and months and months being initiated into these practices, being initiated into meditation. I can teach meditation for days. I got you. That is absolutely a path to awakening. It is absolutely a path to mindfulness. It is, it is like required that we are able to be in meditation, be in stillness, sit with ourselves. But for this episode, for this series, I'm specifically talking to people that feel like, which that's also can be a story, that's a whole nother conversation, that feel like they don't have enough time to sit in meditation. 
Mindfulness matters the most when you are on the court of your life, when you're in the midst of a tension moment with your partner. It is called a meditation practice. It is called a yoga practice for a reason, because it is a practice. Showing up to your yoga mat, showing up and sitting on your meditation cushion is where we practice. But game time is when you are in your life, in the moments where you don't feel like being mindful, in the moments that you don't want to have a conscious awareness and you'd rather just run these subconscious reactions because it feels so damn good to the ego. This is the game changer. This is what's not talked about enough. It is going to require your presence which ultimately is going to require your stillness for you to heal and regulate your nervous system from the go, 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 do, 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 attaching your worth to how much you produce, slowing it down, being able to be still and not feel guilty or wrong or like you should be doing something. How many of you have felt that way as soon as you go to meditate or as soon as you go to sit in nature and just be, the noise seems to get louder. In fact, that's one of the biggest misconceptions about meditation. I was just talking to someone about this the other day, and they were sharing with me how they tried to meditate. They wanted to meditate because they were told that meditation stills your thoughts. You have calm thoughts. All the thoughts go away. And she shared with me, as soon as I closed my eyes and went into meditation, what we envision as this peaceful, blissful Buddha pose, She's like, my mind started racing and she's like, I felt like I was doing something wrong and something was wrong with me. It wasn't working. And I responded, exactly. And she's like, what? (laughs) Definitely wasn't expecting that response from me. But I said, exactly. That is actually the point of meditation. It's not to have completely still thoughts or to rid the thoughts altogether, but rather it's a refinement process. It takes time to slow down the system and literally teach your mind and your body a whole new way of moving through life. I mean, y'all, we get to be real and gracious with ourselves. Most of us have spent our entire lives, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years going and doing and achieving and attaching our value to how much we do living in fight and flight and survival. So when we actually move to a rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system state, it actually feels more like a threat. The mind is going to get louder. The body is going to red alarm. Everything that we've been talking about in this episode so far. It takes your time. It takes your attention. It takes your awareness. It takes your presence. And dun da da da, grace and understanding that it's gonna take time to teach the mind, to teach the body a new way of being, to uncross the wires, to give yourself adequate time to fully arrive into the seat of meditation, to still the body, and eventually get to a place where it will actually become 
normal. Your body and your mind will actually crave these spaces and places within yourself. It's just like working out. When you first begin, the last thing you want to do is go to the gym. But if you've ever created a true lifestyle when it comes to your health and fitness, you can attest that you actually crave going to the gym. You crave how you feel. You crave the endorphin hit that you receive and just how good you feel in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. Something else I want to talk about when it comes to awareness is awareness will always precede change. It requires your awareness You being consciously aware about a pattern, a way of being, a problem, a habit, an addiction before you can do anything about it. If you're not in your conscious awareness or maybe the physical act or the thing that you're doing is in your awareness, but it's not in your awareness that it's unhealthy or that it's a problem or it's affecting your life in negative ways, awareness will always precede change. Write that down. Awareness precedes change. If you want to change an area of your life, you must increase your awareness. However, we can't just stop there. This is one of the biggest issues I see in the personal development space and why I am so forever passionate about body-based healing, somatic practices, and working with the body and working with the nervous system, not just the mind. Because what I see happen so often is we create awareness around something. We increase our consciousness. We become more aware We desire to make the change. We want to make the change. We need to make the change. And we don't always make the change. So why is that? Only 9%, of people fulfill their New Year's resolutions. That means over 90% fail, a 90% failure rate. Like we really get to look at this for a moment. If it was just awareness that there was a need for change required, we would be at 100% success rate, not a 90% failure rate. What matters most is first what's required is awareness. Absolutely. But what's really going to be the difference maker is who you are in those moments that you don't feel like it, how you show up, your way of being, the energy that you cultivate and share with those around you. We all have a sensational experience as human beings. These sensations we oftentimes call our feelings. If we always went off of how we feel, we wouldn't get anything done. Now there's a beautiful balance in honoring our emotions and the feelings that are arising and honoring our experience and naming it and claiming it for what it is so that we aren't spiritually bypassing and subscribing to toxic positivity. However, what's really important, and this is actually where awareness comes back into the conversation, that we're able to use our conscious awareness to discern and determine the sensations that are arising and are 
attachment as it being who we are, attaching our identity to the sensation. So in other words, if you experience an undesirable sensation in your belly or in your chest or even some thoughts, this is energy in your head, do you run with those thoughts as truth of who you are? Do you allow that to stop you dead in your tracks from taking the action necessary to make the change that you're committed to making? This is so key. And actually, I want to share a real life example of where I really learned this lesson firsthand for myself. Back in 2019, I had an opportunity to attend a Vipassana retreat. And I hesitate to even say the word retreat because when I think of a retreat, I think of lush jungle and infinity pools and yoga classes and laying back and having fruit smoothies. At least that's what I think of when I think of a retreat. This was more like a meditation boot camp. <laughs> It was 10 days silent meditation, two meals a day, no journals, no phones, no movement, no nothing. Very, 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 very basic accommodation. Meditating 10 plus hours a day in complete silence for 10 days. Like, holy moly, like take that, like take that in for a moment. I had every opportunity to be still. I had nothing but time to be in silence and in meditation. I had no external distractions of even a journal to write in or a phone or my partner at the time, nothing. And what was so interesting as I sat in meditation, no distractions, silent meditation, I started noticing and realizing that I was experiencing these sensations, undesirable sensations within my body, but nothing externally was the cause. I didn't have my partner to blame. I didn't have food that I ate to blame or didn't eat to blame. I didn't have my lack of sleep or the noise or deadlines at work or anything other than myself and myself. And yet sensations that I would maybe label as unworthiness, not good enough, sadness, depression, anxiety, I experienced it all. And it was only in that moment that I truly understood, I understood that Sensations are going to come up and arise and be part of my human experience, whether I am in silent, completely undistracted meditation, if I'm living my dream life, all the resources in complete abundance, or I'm in a really toxic situation, no matter what, these sensations are going to arise. But it's up to me if I attach meaning to them. If I identify as them, because it's only when I identify with these cravings and aversions and the ups and the downs that that is when I lose my power. I give my power away. But for me to hold my power, for me to reclaim my power, for me to be a sovereign woman on the path of liberation, 
I am able to hold an awareness and to untangle and uncross the wires. And I'm able to see the sensation and observe and become the observer, step out of myself, take a higher perspective. And I'm able to observe the sensation for what it is. And I had many, many moments in Nepal. Oh, by the way, I was in Nepal, the base of the Himalayas, silent meditation. I had many moments of giggling to myself of like, how freaking wild is this human experience? Thank you for this awareness. Thank you for these moments in time. This is where your power lives. And it requires you to slow down, to rewire the thought patterns, to begin to regulate the nervous system, to be present to your life, your one and only adventurous life that you get to live. I hope that this served you in some way. If it did, please leave a review on the podcast in the podcast world. Reviews are everything. It means so much to me. Please head over to Instagram at the Leslie Medley. I'll make sure to tag that in the show notes below. Send me a message. I read all of my messages and I would love to hear your biggest takeaway how you're going to incorporate more mindfulness into your life, what this episode around awareness brought to your life. I want to hear it all. Send me a message on Instagram. And we're actually, I'm going to actually give just my podcast listeners a little preview. Later this month, starting on the 21st of January, we have a free, yes, free online summit specifically for spiritual mothers, mindful mothers, awakening mothers, I have declared we're going to have over 100 mothers in the room for Aligned. This is a week-long summit, and I'm going to give you a little hint. The first episode of my Aligned framework, the first lesson, is actually around awareness. So we're going to take this conversation even further inside the summit, and we have a week-long of all different kinds of sessions. We're going to have guest speakers where we're going to be breaking down my Aligned framework for you to live in deeper alignment as a mindful mother. I will also put a link for Aligned, the summit, in the show notes below so that you can either register for yourself or send it to a mother that you know that could really benefit from this space. I am so grateful for this time together. I cannot wait for our next episode. And for now, I will see you on the other side. Namaste.